See It or Screw It is a spoiler-heavy show. If that's an issue for you, then you can currently watch Psycho from 1960 on Netflix. If that's not an issue for you, or somehow you haven't fucking seen this movie already, then on with the show. Welcome to See It or Screw It. My name's TJ Davis. Uh, he, him pronouns alongside. I'm Emily Schick, and my pronouns are she and her. Uh, and I'm Dan Murphy. My pronouns are he and him. Hi, Porek, he, him. <laughs> All right. And on this episode, we are doing, uh, I think it's Mother's Day that I wanted to call it, just because it's funny. <laughs> uh, I mean, technically, this is a Bob, but I don't think uh, any of us read the but, book. So Yeah, it would be a Bob if any of us read the book. And who's the I book? didn't. Who's the author? I, I... I want to say it's like Robert Block or something. Yeah, no, I don't think I remember. Uh, yes, Robert. I, I didn't even remember that it was based on a book. Yeah, well, well I mean, it's it, weird mostly it's... because like he bought the rights to the book and then bought up all the copies of the book around him so that nobody right. else could read the book and ruin the ending for him. Ah, yeah. cool things you could do in 1960 that you could not do. Well, well, especially when the book came out in 1959 and then the film came yeah. out in 1960. So, like, it was a book, but it was a book that, like, no one was really that aware of until all of a sudden it became this hit film. So, um, yeah. Well, and we know, and we just know from the Hitchcock Godfather, wanted to make Diabolique and yeah. couldn't. <laughs> we know from The Godfather how it what happens if it goes the other way it's absolutely insane you know like if the book gets popular first back then you know like everyone was rushing to get those movie rights like crazy you know there were but no one gives a shit about that anymore like well, <laughs> book rights are really st- still book rights still can be a thing yeah I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure there was a pretty intense bidding war for the harry potter rights but yeah uh, young adult stuff yeah there, yeah there would be an exception for that that's true yeah well and the film rights for ready player one were sold before the book was even out yeah, well, the book rights so for Jurassic the Park, book. I think, were sold before Jurassic Park was was in production. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Mm. damn you, Spielberg! Yeah. All right, um, hey, let's just like get into this movie because I feel like this is going to be hopefully a weird and hopefully interesting conversation. Less about the movie itself and more about. Well, like, I mean, it's a classic. We kind of history. know where all the verdicts are going to fall on this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I would honestly be shocked if. All the verdicts weren't the same. I hate it. <laughs> I mean, I'll definitely ever. talk about my issues about it. Watching oh yeah, it there, there, like I don't, I don't think you can make this movie any today. Um, and then I'm not just saying like the bullshit that Gus Van Sant did, but like I, you know, I, I think I, there are I, I problems. But... I, Dan, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. This movie's so <laughs> perfect, you could never remake it, especially not in color. Especially not shot for shot, especially not starring fucking Vince Vaughn in the Anthony Perkins role. That would be madness. Why would you ever do that? (laughs) Or have William H. Macy in it for no reason. (laughs) Um, but like he he ends up playing uh one of my favorite character names in like all of fiction. I don't know why Mm. I love that name so much. It's mostly because of the sheriff's read on it, but Arbogast. Yeah, I love love Arbogast. I love that Mm -hmm. I've also heard that his first name is Milton. He has like the greatest name. Arbogast. He's in it. Rabbit eye. The second half of this movie rules because like you managed to make all those characters pretty interesting pretty quickly, you know, like in, in, in a subtle way. 
All Especially right, Arbogast. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, but he pushes them in a really cool way. You know, I, I love that whole sequence with them. You know. But, oh yeah, no, the shot going down the stairs. I find all the, all the back presents. Everything they, you from can, you, the, you from, the, from the... the beginning of the interrogation that he's doing. And he's just kind of getting, you know, cracking at him a little bit. And you see, and Perkins is doing this most amazing performance with just everything is so subtle. As you see, he clicks trying to think of the next lie, you know, mm -hmm. all that stuff. It's no, I it sort of feel bad for Anthony Perkins because I think that he would have had a better career if he wasn't Norman Bates. Typecast. Yeah. This was, yeah. A, this was yeah. not a good time to be that in that role when people have the a kind of maybe different relationship with because well, he's got a lot of creepy like, Jimmy stewart boy. category he's got like a lot of jimmy stewart energy yeah, that, yeah like no, reminds me a lot of like you know heroes. harvey like, that's why yeah. it works that's why it works is because he's really charming um yeah. you know like that's that's the whole thing and vince vaughn is not that guy you know no way more creepy from what i remember i've only oh, ever yeah. watched yeah. it once I mean, so I've never I mean, watched it because it doesn't exist. Yeah. All right. Hey, before we get into the movie, let's get let's into the get movie. The movie. <laughs> uh, during a Friday afternoon tryst, uh, I made a note of the time. Friday, December 11th, 243. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and so the only reason for doing that is because there is a shot that has Christmas decorations in the background and... Really? Hitchcock was just like well I mean fuck. honestly the, I, I, I think there's a pretty strong argument that this film needs to take place during short days because like like otherwise it takes her two days to drive from um, <laughs> Phoenix to San Francisco so like and finding yeah. out that she's 15 miles away from her destination the rain stops and she doesn't just be like well I know I paid for the night keep the money I'm gonna fuck off yeah, yeah. No I mean, movie. Like, <laughs> I, I, the days need to be really short for this to make any sort of sense in terms of how quickly it becomes night. So wouldn't like, there wouldn't there cars be going like fucking thirty miles an hour? Cars were going much though. slower then. That's true. But like <laughs> fifteen miles at thirty miles an hour is still only half an hour. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 actually. Right? I always the, the the trick with this movie that you always forget is that like color has been around for ages and it's you know. I always think it's older than it is like 1960 because it's black and white, you know, I, I don't know. That's just the thing I've always had with this movie. It was where cheaper. I'm, yeah. It was like, cheaper. Like this yeah. movie, this movie, like we'll, we'll probably talk about some of the production stuff, but like this movie was made on the fucking cheap. Yeah. But like, well, he was cranking them out at this stage. Right. I mean, he's well, basically did a movie he, a year. Like, he was also yeah. using his Alfred Hitchcock Presents team to make this movie, which is why oh. it has such a like a uh, TV movie feel. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah, because uh, it's yeah, TV also was why it was filmed on the Universal lots instead of the Paramount lots because Paramount didn't want anything to do with the movie, but they still wanted to keep on making money off of Hitchcock. So he just used his Alfred Hitchcock Presents team from Universal to end up making this movie during their like off season. That's a good show. Yeah. It's some some good episodes. Some good yeah. episodes. There's some definitely some really good ones. It's all no right. Twilight Zone. So. No, it's no Twilight Zone. Um, all right. During a Friday afternoon tryst in a Phoenix hotel, real estate secretary Marion Crane and her boyfriend Sam Loomis discuss their inability to get married because of Sam's debts. Marion returns to work, steals a cash payment of forty thousand dollars entrusted to her for deposit, and sets off to drive to Sam's home in Fairvale, California. 
She pulls over and falls asleep and is woken up by a police officer the next morning who, like, creepily keeps on following her but she yeah i love herself the like the, the creepy police way more obvious amazing. by like well i've got a cop following me so i'm gonna get rid of my car and get another one while the cop is literally watching you like yeah. <laughs> uh okay that's gonna work out great well i mean it also gives the sense that she's running from someone not running from the law so i mean that kind of tracks so yeah I but mean, they wouldn't it, give a shit about that back then, yeah. you know. Yeah. They'd be like, "Gotta get her back to her abusive husband." She's crazy. yeah. I mean, there's also there's also some um, inherent misogyny in this, especially with the, the, with the businessman <laughs> and flirting with her and things like that. That's yeah. just like yeah, yeah. So it's all part of it, though. I I, I think yeah. that's important, you know, like yeah. because the really fun thing about this movie as well is just her decision to do this you know it's i think yeah. it's like we're all relating to it kind of you know yeah. and i think I that, mean, guy, like 40, that guy 000, being a bit of a dick and just for reference i plugged forty thousand into the inflation calculator we 40, did too, yeah. works out to four hundred thousand, a little more than four hundred thousand. yeah right around four hundred thousand. yeah so that's days. significant money yeah, yeah like, that's a, like that's a that lot of xbox it's, it's not like the ten thousand dollars in uh freaking victoria that's like really yeah <laughs> yeah i love that though i love when it's actually a really pathetically low sum. Yeah. They use that in that movie. Spoilers for uh breaking the John Boyega movie, but like he rob like he robs a social security like or a veterans affairs place and it's for like an overdue payment of like $75 or something. And, yeah, like, that's literally not and it's it's based on a true story, you know. But it's also just uh, to show you like how, how desperate people can yeah. be, how yeah. life-changing even, you know, yeah. $20,000 can be. Like yeah, I mean, exactly. shit, man. Yeah. I'd love to have $400,000 just fall in my lap at the moment. That would be rad. I, yeah. And who knows what you would alive do? Who wouldn't like that? And we're kind like of, that. we're kind of like, I mean, you have you have, well, the Warren Buffetts of the world of of four hundred thousand dollars falling into his lap, and he'll just be like, eh. Yeah, <laughs> but... yeah, but I'm not that does that indifference is not the same as is not liking in a disliking <laughs> That's it. Fair. <laughs> All right, keeping on, keeping on. Her anxious behavior makes him question her motives and asks to see her license, but lets her go. Also, like, man, cops have changed a lot over the years. Uh, Marion hurriedly trades cars with her Arizona plates for a car with California plates. It's all for nothing, as the police officer has been watching her the whole time. Like, straight up pulls across the lot. <laughs> yeah, also, like, uh, is that actually how license plates worked back then? Because, like, uh, I, it hasn't in my lifetime. I mean, yeah. Well, when, sorry, lifetime, remind me like, though. What comes of it though? Like, generally speaking, you have to register. Do they find insurance and things like that? I mean, I mean do they find? No, sorry. I mean, time. do they find her because of that? No, no, no. So no. It's all, like, like, all, all of this is MacGuffins. All of this, yeah, is yeah. Is, uh, like the first half hour of this movie is just a MacGuffin. Yeah. Basically, just yeah. Tricking you, it's tricking to you get us to the Bates Motel. It's like, yeah, that's the yeah. thing is it's like, you know, the, the cop, like either the cop is suspicious of her or he's like kind of suspicious of her and just wants to stare at her some more. Mm. So he just sort of like stares at her and then is like, all right, I'm bored now and leaves. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's like, and it's, yeah. So like, abs that goes absolutely nowhere. Like it, it's, 
No, it's meant to, I think it's meant to be making you more anxious. You know, everything is it about is, the, yeah. building yeah. tension. It's, it's, so all, it's like, it's oh, all now they're after so her. You can have those, those like uh, uh, conversations in her head of the, you know, the I car dealer that, and, so, the, yeah. and the cop talking to each other about, she was acting really strange. Yeah. You know, so. I love that well, sequence. I've I never love how seen, long it, I've never long seen a customer pressure the salesman. <laughs> yeah. I just also love the, the back projection of, like in driving sequences i just think it's hilarious because it's just like it's such an outdated like technique that no one uses anymore um that was just I, so I could, standard I, for I, the time i, I oh, yeah. not take my eyes off her during that whole thing she's <laughs> yeah. just like she's she's doing it all with her face you know yeah but she's not it's oh, not yeah. like she's like cheesily moving around no well i mean that's the other thing thoughts, is, is it's always like it looks like she's thinking the things. yeah it's like, yeah no it's it's the 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 acting in this i, I like I, that's the thing is i really think perkins and lee their performances still carry through whereas a lot of the other actors in this uh, are yeah. still using pretty dated acting techniques that look really stilted by today's yeah. standards. I mean, so. I think that Vera Miles on is fine level. in it, but like yeah. John Gavin is just the you know a block of wood moving around. Yeah, like I mean, the worst is the psychologist at the end. But you know, I love that. Yeah, no, <laughs> like I love that too. He's but so like, yeah. it's so bad. Yeah. So all right. Marion stops for the night at the Bates Motel, located off the main highway, and hides the stolen money inside a newspaper. Uh, proprietor, Norman Bates, descends from a large house overlooking the motel, registers Marion under an alias, and invites her to dine with him. After Norman returns to his house, Marion overhears Norman arguing with his mother about Marion's presence. Norman returns with a light meal and apologizes for his mother's outburst. So, I mean, not just a light meal. Their plan was sandwiches and just milk. And milk. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, and this is like, I love these little details of like, like Marion invites it's Norman to eat in her room and he, he declines and has them eat in his office instead. Like, I, details like that just, it's a really good character details that, you know, sometimes films are lazy about. So. Well, I mean, well, that's so also, yeah. you know, step into yeah. my parlor, said the spider to the fly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and like, even if he doesn't consciously recognize her as the fly in this moment, like it's established that, you know, he, he is a serial killer by the end of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the other thing that I guess I looked into uh, in the book. It is it is suggested that uh, Marion is his first victim not, and the other victims don't exist. So that was interesting. But yeah. All right. Yeah. In, in I, this, I think it in actually this, works in this better movie. establishing better, that. Yeah. Like, no, so I think you have any better, other yeah. missing case, missing girl yeah. cases. Yeah. And yeah, I think that I, I agree. I think it works better. But uh, anyway. Anyway. Uh, Norman returns with a light meal and apologizes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Norman discusses his hobby as a taxidermist, his mother's illness, and how people have a private trap they want to escape. Uh, Marion decides to drive back to Phoenix in the morning to return the stolen money. When is that ever established? It is established. It is established. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, she she right. Oh, when and she's how doing much she would end up owing? Yeah, because okay. she needs to because she needs to make she needs to address the fact that she paid seven hundred dollars of the money for the new car. So, you know, I also the only reason they actually broke that down is so that they could because they wanted to have a toilet flushing mm. as uh, an uncuttable shot in the movie. 
And that's the way they figured out how to do it was her <laughs> flushing the evidence of her writing it down and then using that to feed in later. Yeah, this is the first film. There. This is the first film in American film history to feature a toilet flushing. Yes. Um, <laughs> which is ridiculous. But like, yes. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Hayes Code. Disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Americans, I mean, we've always the had same reason. It's the same reason why they have an unmarried couple sharing a bed. It's the reason why we have not one, but three scenes. No, no, two scenes with her in a bra and a third scene with her is supposed to be naked. You can in you can see her boobies in that. You can see it, there, there are a couple out of focus, but shots no nipple. That, yeah, that well, there's yeah, there's yeah, out nipple. of focus no, nipple. No, there, there is shots. there is no in focus nipple. There's no in focus nipple, but no. there is out of focus nipples. Yeah. Um, but Mindless. yeah, well, I mean, in you know the whole the whole notion of it's just like oh my god, she's meeting someone at a hotel room and she's not married to him. Like, like it's it's some weird like. I, well, an unmarried couple sharing the same bed was, yeah. you know, something that the Hayes Code said you couldn't do. Yeah, and it was the first movie to feature Anthony Perkins' giant erect penis as well. So that was <laughs> well, yeah, that's why there are it, two holes. It was in out the of focus. It was out of focus. One of them he dug in, and the other one he dug in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, <laughs> I've invented a new thing. It's called the glory hole. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Have you seen this movie trailer called Glorious about a glory hole? That's uh, watch the Simmons. movie. Yeah, you you should oh, watch the, the movie. Uh, oh, I thought it wasn't out yet. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's on Shutter. You should watch it's it. Awesome. It's awesome. Yes. It's, it's it's really fun. It's really awesome. <laughs> All right, I'll check it out. Thank you. All right. <laughs> I guess that was our commercial for the episode. <laughs> oh, um, as Marion showers, a shadowy figure appears and stabs her to death. And Norman cleans up the murder scene, putting Marion's body. Uh, yeah, the music in this movie. Like, yep. Maybe oh, the yeah. star, maybe like even everything else is so fucking incredible, but I don't know if this movie is the movie it is without the soundtrack or the score. Well, I mean, that's this the movie thing. is I was not just the noticing, movie it is without like, yeah, the soundtrack. Like, like we'll even Hitchcock yeah. said, this is one third of the movie. Yeah, no, I mean, like there's the that movie. scene yeah. of just like, like there are tons of exterior scenes of people walking around the Bates motel that it's just like, like it's just people walking but yeah, it's the soundtrack it's so is making tense. it seem like there's there's tense the yeah quiet the quiet version yeah. of it like when it's yeah, yeah. well i mean it's yeah it's playing like it's, it's playing jaws watching jaws without music doesn't every all, fucking so. horror yeah. movie yeah. has well, taken like, like we don't that we probably don't have the effectiveness of jaws without this movie Probably, oh, yeah. we're we're, yeah. we're probably gonna get we'll we'll definitely get into that some more. I'm sure, but like the uh, what it adds but, to thrillers and horrors, yeah, is just you know it's not it, it's whatever about this movie, which is a great movie, but like the it's it's one of those Citizen Kane deals where it's like the what it inspired other people to do or how it changed the culture. Yeah, yeah. Citizen Kane, I think, insane. is a great way to put it. I was thinking about like the Beatles of like. While I don't love them, I appreciate everything that they've contributed to history since. Yeah, you know, I do. I I am that guy who does love Citizen Kane, and I do love Psycho. They're both rad as fuck. Yeah, they hold up. They hold up great today. (laughs) Well, I guess I'm just an asshole. (laughs) Well, that's the Beatles are good. The Beatles are fine. Yeah, I mean, they're they're films, but like, yeah, their films are. But there are certain songs I like, but like, 
Yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see how they like. I, you know, I, I, I think Sgt. Pepper's is a really solid concept album. Um, and you know, it's interesting to watch their evolution, especially because like their early stuff sounds completely different than their later stuff. Um, yeah, the Beatles. I agree cool. with yeah, those yeah. points without actually wanting to listen to their shit most yeah. of the time, though. <laughs> I think that's a very like current and valid opinion, honestly, on yeah. the Beatles. You know, like we've we've kind of move past them but if you go and take a look at their yeah i mean honestly though it's also just it's just also really interesting to look at them from from the perspective of solo artists because i think that collaboratively they were better oh yeah no they were definitely better better than like the yeah some of their parts (laughs) yeah like i feel like there's a commercialism to paul that he just that like like he doesn't have like weighty like interesting ideas but he knows how to write things uh, that are people, commercial people um, and, do not do, people do not fucking deep dive on wings wings are like legit good like people wings don't have actually, a couple of good songs they have I a just lot think, of good stuff and they have i just a lot think of really that the, like that the ideas uh, that experimental like, stuff like yeah I don't electronically know. he was fucking with right. crazy synth stuff you know guys i don't know i just feel like i like he was able to take john and george's and uh, ideas and make them commercial in ways that they wish that they could have done as solo artists um and we got better stuff because of it but whatever but hey i'm sorry that i brought up the fucking beatles (laughs) but we're not talking about them we're talking about psycho movie time (laughs) motherfuckers surprise motherfucker um Norman cleaves up the murder, putting Marion's body belongings and the hidden cash in the car and sinks it in a swamp. I love how casually he throws the newspaper in the trunk. It's so great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's like he's <laughs> he like fucking the first half like, of the movie. Um, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Why is this newspaper super fucking heavy? Oh, I'll not. I'm just not, not going to investigate <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it feels like there's a wad of, ca- wad of cash in this newspaper. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> I believed it. I believed it. I, I, I believed picking up a paper with some cash in it, I wouldn't notice. I don't know. I, I don't think I would notice either. Yeah. So I don't know, man. If it was like when you're like covering up a murder thing. that you just did, especially, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, unless these are the, it's a these are the things you miss. Unless well, I mean, it's uh, Sunday, then I don't believe that paper yeah, is going to be no that. There's no way thing. that your brain's not going to be like, uh, this is really heavy. Well, no, really no, no, thick. it's a Saturday paper that he's throwing out on a Sunday. So, oh, no, no, it is a Sunday. So? Paper. It is a Sunday paper. So, yeah, it's the movie be a heavy says paper. the date. You, you nerds should know this. What, what yeah. day is it when she has the paper? He, it's the day buys, after the movie starts. Well, she falls asleep while driving. She so it wakes up on Saturday. She buys wakes up paper. on Saturday, buys the paper. It's a Saturday paper. Yeah, yeah. It's Saturday paper. So. I also think it's interesting that she changes her clothes before she, like, including her underwear before she drives out on the road. But whatever. I at least think that this is probably. The I guess one, she could have This showered. is the one subject of Psycho that has never been discussed in the. Yeah, no, it's, oh, no, it, it, it's totally been discussed. Yeah. What the heaviness of the newspaper really? Oh, I don't know if the heaviness of the newspaper has ever been discussed. That, that's Whether true. that was plausible, like I was going to say, really like everyone's up. talked about, like the underwear her change, change. Of her clothes. yeah, because she, she, like she showers, you know, after. she she's pure yeah. before she steals the money, and then she's oh, yeah, evil when she decides to steal the money, yeah. and that's why she switches from white to black. But no, yeah. I don't think anyone's ever talked about, you know, his nonchalance of throwing away an overly heavy newspaper. <laughs> I don't think it would be that much heavier. <laughs> I think it would be notably heavier. I don't think it would be. It's 2v2. Look, that's yeah. it. 
we're at least thicker. Yeah, except can, can we get I know thicker? that. You, uh, <laughs> except I know that you're like not the world's most observant person. So. Oh, and maybe you're <laughs> the world's most observant person. I don't know. I mean, I'm also just thinking that he was just carried like a, a like he, he's just like his arms are. He just carried a heavy body into a car, so his arms are kind of like. Like by the tires like, so you're not yeah. going to notice the heaviness yeah. of the paper but still like right. the thickness the thickness is going to be greater uh, yeah whatever anyway <laughs> to be two. all right i feel uh, edified <laughs> mary and sister lila arrives in fairvale a week later tells sam about the theft and demands to know her whereabouts he denies knowing anything about her disappearance a private investigator named arbogast Love that name. I, I just like just names and fiction. I don't know why we I, underst- about I don't know why I love that name so much, but I love that name. It's like yeah, my Arbogast. second favorite in all of fiction. Great name. Arbogast. How is it? Sp- how is it spelt? By the way, I, I would, I'm A-R-B-O-G-A-S-T. guessing. Gast. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. Arbogast. You didn't watch this with subtitles? <laughs> no, I, no, I don't. I don't like them. It's a good. Like Arbogast but... is a good name for like a noise band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Arbo gas sound blast. Yes. Um, the Arbo gas explosion. <laughs> Arbo gas approaches them, saying he has been hired to retrieve the money. Arbo gas stops at the Bates Motel and questions Norman, whose nervous behavior and inconsistent answers arouse his suspicion. He examines the guest register and discovers that from her handwriting that Marion spent a night in the motel. When Arbogast learns that Marion has spoken to Norman's mother, Arbogast. Sorry, guys. He dies pretty soon and we'll stop with this bit. (laughs) Critical support. Asked to speak to her, but Norman refuses to allow it. Arbogast updates Sam and Lila about his search and promises to meet them within an hour at Sam's home. After he enters the basement, it's not at Sam's home, it's at Sam's business, but whatever. Well, it it was established in the first scene that Sam that he lives, lives in the back room the, of yeah, the hardware store. Yeah, uh, so it is his home technically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after he enters the Bates ho- home to search for Norman's mother, the shadowy figure emerges from the bedroom and stabs him to death. With just like yeah. I, I love that I shot love of that him shot. falling down the stairs is great. Yeah. It's one it's of the really, best in the movie. It's the really so a fun good. shot. Like when we were talking about how awful rear projection is, and it's like one of my favorite uses of rear projection. <laughs> so, oh yeah, it's it, the bit before it though, the top yeah. down uh, in yeah. the hallway. When, oh, I love uh, that top down. Well, it, I mean, like, the, yeah. run out. well, it's also just the the angles that they shoot that you know especially the angles of how Norman is shot throughout this film of how it just kind of like, it starts with us shoot, like looking down on Norman and gradually has us looking up at Norman as he kind of becomes more uh, powerful, more sinister. So it's kind of like, or, or cool in, in some ways as mother becomes yeah. more powerful within him. Well, because... I mean, yeah. As he covers up for mother. So yeah, I feel and we, we realize the lengths that will go to. The redundancy that we don't have anyone trans on the show to talk about. This well, that's from that uh, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that at the at the end because I, as I do think that it's in like I it's interesting whether or not this is a 
like this definitely is uh, plays into some of the villainization of trans people but it's also interesting to me that the psychologist very specifically says that at you know he's not a transvestite because mm -hmm. as you know he do isn't deriving sexual pleasure from this plus he believes he is this yeah person so yes. i mean it's, he's it, yeah. it's it's not I, I i agree with that even from a modern perspective on psychology yeah. like he is he is not trans he has dissociative identity disorder, disorder. yeah which then, is like entirely like which it, is entirely different and the portrayal of di dissociative identity disorder is generally problematic even today in film but yes. um but oh, very much know, so in See terms that, of uh, like that one Shyamalan movie Oh, uh, I was thinking next time identity. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of uh, Mr. Robot what, gets it the closest to right. Uh, I think what, what was that terrible movie with? Uh, uh, fuck. I'm thinking of the McAvoy one, you know, that had this the sequel with that turned Split. into Unbreakable Split. Yeah, that one. Yeah, seemed, not really knowing much about it, but looking into it a little bit afterwards, it seemed like that was pretty offensive, you know, or just like, yeah, no, you know, I, using it for like I don't know, I I don't know how much it. Eh, it is a movie's job, you know, but uh, to represent that properly. But it, yeah, no, it, I mean, I, 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 I was thinking of Tully. It's ethically a bit. Yeah. I thought Tully was pretty bad too. So yeah. you know, Tully, Tully, yeah. I don't think I even know that one. Tully's the Charlize uh, Charlize Theron. Oh, one? I never yeah. saw that one. Okay. Yep. Yep. All so, right. Uh, Didn't realize that that's that was about. Yeah. Sorry, I ruined the twist. It's Damn. a terrible twist. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. I care so <laughs> yeah. hard. It, yeah. It's it's like ruining a twist in um in in Guardians three because I don't know if there's anything that you could really there is there is well, just movie. by there, there is stuff you could ruin but the yes, stuff there that is. You could, but I, the some of it either do, only makes context in sense of you starting to watch the film um and you know honestly just saying characters live is still a spoiler so yeah well, it's a good thing nobody said that hey when sam and lila said, don't hear back from arbogast he didn't say anything specific. <laughs> i did say a specific character lives arbogast. a character does live in that film yes <laughs> but i don't think that's a spoiler so uh sam goes to the motel to look for him to no avail he sees a figure in the house who he assumes is Norman's mother. Lila and Sam alert the local sheriff, who tells them Norman's mother died in a murder-suicide by strychnine poisoning ten years earlier. The sheriff suggests Arbogast, Arbogast, lied to Sam and Lila so he could pursue Marion and the money. Convinced that something happened to Arbogast, Lila and Sam drive to the motel. Sam dictates, distracts Norman in the office while Lila sneaks into the house. Suspicious, Norman becomes agitated and knocks Sam unconscious. And, like, becoming suspicious. Like, he, he was doing a shit job of trying to interrogate him. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, really like, I'd really like to see a house much if much I could. Subtly than, yeah, you sure seem like a, a, like a thief. Yeah. I bet you stole $40,000 from yeah. Marion. Did you? Isn't your life terrible? <laughs> Wouldn't you love $40,000 to start a new one? Wouldn't it be yes. great if you had $40,000 back there? Yeah, so your mother suck and you need to get away with forty thousand dollars and that and is now missing. I wonder what would have happened to her. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He really digs himself quite the hole. Oh yeah. That's uh, terrible. <laughs> but no one said he was good. You yeah. know, like there's oh, no man. there's no 
part where he comes in and it's like, Arbogast is the best. I mean, the best we get is the sister saying he was trustworthy, which he is, you know, he's yeah. trustworthy, but I don't know if he's uh, prepared. Well, I mean, Arbogast was good. It was Sam Loomis that was bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was just a terrible actor. But it seems like it was something that he was forced to cast with. I think it fits. It's just the acting style. You had, you had like, contract players at the time. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, pro- most well, I mean, it's weird because it's just like Alfred Hitchcock. He had a couple people they worked with with frequently, but he didn't have kind of the same like this actor always appears in my films type of situation. That like there are a lot of like modern directors that definitely fall into that trap, and I feel like a lot of this, especially when you're talking about like uh, how it was largely sent, shot with the Alfred Hitchcock Presents crew, like was just kind of like their stable of like TV actors who are available. So yeah, I know. think it has to be remembered though, like in these in that kind of transition time like that, that um, you know they were doing more realistic stuff, but it's not like there wasn't people in the world. Like those kind of archetype characters exist for a reason at that time. They're the reflection of that. So, you know, it like you can't hold them all. Like the fact that the main two stars of the movie like are doing fresh shit, you know, it makes sense that like not everyone's on that level, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's um, Well, I mean, it's just like, what what were the acting schools It doesn't jump out to me like he's being like really phony in that kind of old movie way you know yeah like, i mean i i don't think well i mean in you know i don't think the whole notion of going method really existed at this point so no. you know but you, you gotta go big these are talkies no yeah. <laughs> yeah. all right uh let, let's get through like the end of this movie because we're close we're close guys okay <laughs> um uh as he goes to the house, he being Norman, uh, Lila hides in the fruit cellar where she discovers the mother's mummified body. She screams in horror and Norman wearing women's clothes and a wig. Not even like really women's clothes. He's wearing like a wig and a house coat. Yeah. Um, enters the cellar and tries to stab her. Sam appears and subdues him. At the police station, a psychiatrist explains that Norman killed his mother and her lover ten years earlier out of jealousy. Unable to bear the guilt because matricide is the worst thing anyone can do ever. Apparently in 1959, <laughs> 1960, that's what I people mean, thought. I mean, it's but... more like, it's, it's more from the... It's not great. It's pretty bad. I'm not no, saying no, no. matricide's a good right. thing. I'm just saying like it's not the worst thing. <laughs> No, but it's also not, it's not necessarily <laughs> the worst thing from other people's perspective. It's the worst thing from Norman's perspective. Yeah. That's fair. Because he killed I don't his... think the psychologist puts it that way, but I think yeah. no, but that's <laughs> but, but that's no, more I, or less what the, the implication yeah. is. Like he yeah. he is 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 so obsessed. I mean the psychologist is the worst mother. fucking character in this movie. Let's just be honest. Like he's just a fucking block of wood that talks for three minutes. But he, or but more than that, probably. But yeah. he's so obsessed with his mother that yeah like he he can't he kills her because he can't allow her to uh be had by anybody else like yeah you know it's it's classic well i mean and then then also as much as i hate the fucking psychologist i mean i guess it's pretty standard mystery trope of just having a block of 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 exposition at the end of your well i kind of like it because what i like about it is it's it reminds me of like uh, agatha christie or whatever you know oh yeah totally here's the sum up you know (laughs) yeah here's the sum up of in case (laughs) you didn't get it (laughs) what just just happened bug me so much about out uh 
what what is it and then what and then there were none like i just always hate the explanation of the of, of that mystery it's just like it's it's a lot of fun watching everyone get killed off and um, when they explain how it happens like that's bullshit and stupid <laughs> it's just like i don't know i like it i like it I, I just i don't like i don't like who the killer is i don't like it i think it's stupid i like everyone like getting killed off and I like how, how like, yeah, the people who commit worse crimes get worse deaths. And I like the paranoia when it's down to three of them. But I just hate the explanation at the end. I think so. I think it could totally, for me, it all depends on execution. You know, it's like yeah. some sometimes a big dumb sum up is exactly what the material needs and then sometimes oh yeah no i mean like, like oh, I, you kind as, of laid it on really thick yeah no i mean i like yeah. the knives out movies i've liked and i'd like you know murder on the orient express is a, is a classic for a reason um but you know i just and then the, there were none is one that always just stands out it's just like i hate this explanation the sum it. up of <laughs> glass onion was not as good as the sum up no it is knives not. out one yeah you know, so but it was I still, already I still fun good but both, both good movies but i felt like already yeah. diminishing returns on that particular thing yeah. yeah we'll see what happens moving forward that franchise i just love that daniel craig is just like playing the anti-james bond now so mm-hmm. <laughs> and hey we also have a new perot movie coming yeah it, it doesn't mention it at all but like a haunting in venice is a new perot movie when he so. says uh buttress in that voice several times i could not help but laugh <laughs> i don't mean to buttress you ma'am <laughs> like craig's <laughs> accent in knives out is i'll buttress you oh, yeah as... I, yeah it's 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 gloriously inconsistent and just totally made up so it's great yep. very fu- very funny anyway back to the end of this film let's just finish like these last four sentences um (laughs) you can do it (laughs) unable to bear the guilt norman mummified his mother's corpse and began treating her as if she was still alive he recreated his mother as an alternate personality as jealous and possessive towards norman as he felt about his mother when Norman is attracted to a woman, mother takes over. He had killed two other missing young women before Marion and Arbogast. The mm. psychiatrist concludes that mother has now submerged Norman's personality. Norman sits in a jail cell and hears his mother saying the murders were all his doing. Marion's car is retrieved from the swamp. And it's seen Finn. 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 <laughs> Ta-da. Ta-da. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I just think that we, you know, we kind of butted in with various uh, things about this film that are significant in terms of technique um, and just building suspense. I think that the transfer of protagonist is handled really well in this. Like I hadn't realized that it really does transfer most, like I always thought it transfers from Marion to Norman, but it kind of transfers from Marion to Arbogast to Lila, really. Yeah, um, more so Lila than Sam. Like yeah. Sam's just sort of there. Yeah. But like well, Lila is supposed to be our yeah. focus in that like yeah. last act. Well, that's yeah. what gives it that early true crime feel where, you know, you don't know where the story is gonna go next. Something that is still massively popular today with all the shows that kill everyone all the time. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is I think <laughs> that because of how they discard like I, you know, I think that that's a big part of the suspense is that uh, you know, based on what we've seen, like 
there's really no reason to believe that uh, Norman can't just kill Sam and Lila and have a depressing end of just like, and he gets away with it, you know? <laughs> because yeah. it's just like, there's really no other characters that care they're left after Sam and Lila. I mean, I guess, you know, there's, there's, uh, I mean, there's like the sheriff might have come like, into like, it. Yeah. The, the sheriff might have come into it. Yeah, but the sheriff like, we don't Sam even meet. Disappears. Yeah. yeah so and then like with the you know arbogast not checking in with um oil yeah. tycoon um then you know probably sending out somebody else to be like what the fuck happened to this guy yeah so i don't know there's there's a lot that i still enjoy about this movie i i don't think that i ever really loved this movie but i don't think i really got into it until like high school with film is art and i mean it's not i mean honestly it's yeah this was like one of the first older movies i ever saw as a kid you know because i I must have just been from music or something you would just like see references to it all the time Um, oh yeah that makes sense and and probably you know the usual stuff the simpsons as well had early references to it in the early seasons uh and i was so i was kind of obsessed with it like you know i was there like i saw the terrible remake in the cinema on day one with a friend of mine we were, we were both yeah, quite uh, i am i am Oof. sorry Refused. about that <laughs> Oof. yeah i mean in you know that's the thing is it's like i i know it's really classic hitchcock it's probably not my favorite hitchcock but like no I, but it I, is I, great but it is great and i mean it, it does have it's really easy to talk about his technique in this and it's just so obviously very meticulously storyboarded to the f- fact that he included it uh the fact that he kind of forgot which side of the street uh americans drive on and various things so he has people getting at the wrong side of cars at various yeah. points but um. i think uh i i, I would the one rear window maybe just a little bit more i like rear uh, rear window i think i would probably say is my favorite rear window is really good and i I love north by northwest i just recently read that quentin tarantino says it sucks like it's a really bad movie and i was like kind of shocked at that i was like how could you it's so much fun it's such simple fun I mean, maybe Tarantino maybe has some bad more, taste maybe, sometimes. He does. He has some surprisingly bad taste. Well, I mean, I think the problem with Rear Window is I just feel like the protagonist is just so clueless the entire movie. That what do you just mean, like, Dan? What are you talking about? I don't understand. <laughs> I just, like, I, I, you know, honestly, I just feel like... like she, she he, he, he needs to figure it out sooner like like it's just like I, I feel like like we're in a lot of ways north by northwest is kind of a big budget version of uh, it just kind of takes it's successful elements of the 39 steps and uh and vertigo and kind of packages them into a little bit more high concept idea um but yeah. ultimately i think both of those films are better than north by northwest but that's just my feeling vertigo so. is when i've bounced off the few times i've seen it but the last time i watched it i enjoyed it more i think yeah but i still it's still not really it still doesn't really kind of i mean vertigo me. is uh, i have my own issues with vertigo i just feel like at least the protagonist has an arc to them whereas in in north by northwest the protagonist is just clueless and then kind of bubbles into the finale and it's just but it like, just feels like you know that the old-timey version of like a mission impossible or something oh yeah totally so it's, it's totally. like just like a fun oh yeah uh, breezy well and then you compare it thriller. to like i yeah you compare it to like some of the like at least it's trying to you know it, it i don't know it, it's it, good it, escapism you know yeah 
it's it's, yeah. it's well it's escapism but it's like, like, like it doesn't know, the man dumb with itself one shoe or fucking yeah it, it doesn't dumb well. itself down for its audience in ways it doesn't turn itself into like a stunt speculative spectacle as much as um some other things so you know but like it's better than bond films at the time but you know or is this this is still a little pre-bond but whatever so this is the year of bond mm. dr no it's the same year as psycho right 1960 is it yeah i believe it's the same oh, year yeah. wow yeah. wow was dr no really the first one yeah well i mean it's always it's always funny when i mentioned 39 steps i think like 39 steps in modern times came out in the exact same year and 39 steps is just like wall-to-wall dialogue in modern times is just like the last good silent film or Mm -hmm. the last like major silent film release so cool uh psycho um what else can you say about psycho obviously we mentioned the score for a second bernard herman maybe the two just like most iconic scores of all time i would probably rate them over any maybe even anything john williams did is this in cape fear they're just ridiculous. Like it, every single. No. It's I doing never really think so about the Cape much Fear. heavy Wait, are lifting. You talking, are, are you talking like the original? Oh, oh, you're talking that one. You're talking that one. Okay. Because uh, like Cape Fear should be a uh, needless remake. Because that is definitely yeah. not a needless remake. No, that well, is and then the other the other thing remake. that I thought was interesting with Psycho too was, um, you know, I, I like I just I'm really curious what. Hitchcock would have done if Steadicams existed, um, because there were certain shots that it's just like, like, oh, oh, you like you did, you would use a Steadicam for this now, and like, like, like you manage it, but it's a Steadicam would make this shot much smoother and a little less like you kind of pulled out of it because you can kind of notice the shakiness of the camera, like, I, so like that. So watching this in twenty twenty three it hasn't aged great like yeah there there's a lot of issues when it comes to the portrayal of mental illness but like yeah just well some the, of the, the technical the, aspects like the technical aspect is what i'm really talking about right now yeah because like it feels like tv movie watching it now well yeah like, it, in, it feels yeah. like a long episode of the adams family like well i mean the, but that's the thing the is adams it's not family. but it's not all like shot reverse shot like he it finds interesting angles for everything it, so. it does it does and it does like a lot of neat stuff is that because it's in 43 that, that's yeah better than yeah i feel like it's just because you know, you're saying that just because it's in 43 like yeah the, the now there's ratio. certain like depth of field things when it comes to camera focus that oh yeah that's fair i mean some of it of, some of it is to get around you know, like haze code shit like that's why i like like the shower scene is kind of shot the way it is in terms of uh depth of field um because i don't because you know i don't think they could have shown that kind of nudity and not been like banned from all cinemas i mean so. i think you're oh, like yeah, you're half, gotten, like an x rating you're yeah. half right in the sense that like you there's tv people working on it like you said but like they're elevating it so high you know like if you saw this oh, in the cinema well and then, then like, it's also just like tv in the past like 15 years has actually gotten good instead of like the really like crank it out bullshit yeah that's going tv through. back then so. yeah like tv up through the 90s but even stuff. still like, like it, yeah. it had that sort of vibe of like the longer episodes of alfred hitchcock presents the longer episodes of the twilight zone where like it still feels like tv but it's elevated and it, it, it's more like you know looking at it through the lens of now 
I yeah, can't. No, I can't, no, I can't no, buy it. Like, it True Detective exists as as a TV show. Yeah, like, but I don't know. It, it does not feel that way to me. This feels like a very you know, this is a movie ass movie to me. Like, yeah, uh, I, and it, and it always was. You know, since I was a kid. And there's so many things like you can pick apart and study and go, oh, that's so interesting. And I wonder how they did yeah, that. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, the I mean, sets are so amazing. Yeah, the set design is great. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that the remake really misses. Because um, as they're very particular in terms of creating the black and white contrast. Um, yeah. Uh, black and white serves it so well. Like the black and, and white serves the creepiness. Right. Because possibly. I mean, like, like, that's the thing is, is you know, that they used like the chocolate syrup as the, as the blood because you want the contrast um that Works you know better. generally you, you well i mean in because yeah in black and white you want contrast as to, uh between light and dark whereas in color you want contrast between saturation levels so that's why like fake blood is usually very red um mm. like redder than blood usually is um yeah but um so Oh, like, and that was something that was just missed you know, in that color remake of just like, well, if you're gonna do contra, if you're gonna do it in color, you have to cancel out the black and white. You have to, it's it becomes about saturation instead of contrast. Um, you know, it's just interesting, just sort of like I, I know I've shot some things in like like black and white, and like you know, you look at candy, and it's just like like you know, you the bright, colorful packages. Yeah, in color they look great. In black and white, they all look gray really you want like tootsie rolls and m&ms that have that contrast in their color um schemes mm. um because otherwise it just looks kind of washed out uh, in black and white and you know hitchcock was smart enough to realize that um and then you know the set design with uh, the reflections um is always key because it's always interesting like whenever whenever a mirror shows up in any sort of film it's usually intentional because mirrors are a pain in the ass to shoot um mm-hmm. so like and there's a lot of reflections in this um, me and uh, I, which emily watched his kind of... uh, trailer for you know have you watched the, the, you guys the watch six the... and a half minute one yeah 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 and, no um, it, it's great and i like, love it so much yeah it's super cool it's such a weird trailer i like i wasn't ready to get into this yet i know he's like, a shitty dude thing... i know you know fuck fuck Hitchcock. Um, he sounds like he was a, a bit oh of a prick, oh but, yeah uh, yeah you know we should throw that in there oh you know, yeah no condone I, like, hitchcock pretty much like everything that i've heard about like hitchcock the person is shit back yeah 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 abusive man yeah, yeah. Um, no. I mean, I mean it's, it's like, him and Kubrick. Like Kubrick. Or, yeah, <laughs> him and Kubrick do not think, treat their actors well. Oh, I yeah. think we're, I think Hitchcock seems way worse though. You know, like, yeah, because it's more it's more misogynistic, really. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well. No, it's all about the well, and, and you know, and and some of that bleeds into like some of the story, like like the way that they like like the way that they refer to Marion, people talk to Marion is just kind of awful a lot of the time. Um, well, hey so, there, little lady. Yeah. Do you yeah, know that then, you're a lady ew. driving alone? Yeah, what are you then, doing being a lady alone? Ew. Do you need somebody to rescue la- you lady alone? Yeah, and I just like, well, like the psychologist say, and then he killed yeah. the girl to her sister. Like, really? Yeah. yeah. You say that in front of her you refer to her as the girl the girl yeah like in front of her sister yeah i mean you know like sorry emily but if you didn't know hitchcock says women are subhuman yeah it's not just hitchcock and there is yeah yeah no it's not so uh like i was saying uh like the the old guy you know hitting on her at work it's like been there still fucking happens 
Well, and like her coworker saying, well, he only hit on you because he saw my wedding ring. Well, that was also <laughs> like, yeah. like to imply that and she was like, I wish he'd hit on me. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, it's like, yeah. So, but and, yeah, let's like, forget, though, these like absolute, those women also still exist. Also, yeah. absolutely par for the course in cinema at this time, you know, like yeah. and, and probably in some in the fact that Janet Lee's character even has. Uh, inner monologue and her own story and her own vibe is actually, you know, massively. To an extent, I mean, massively she's still money for yeah. her man. Like, yeah. it's not even. Yeah, for but like, like, if you look at you, I mean, as well, she is a she's feels like a real character. She feels like a real oh, person, totally. I mean, and know, that's like, the thing is, is you know, oh, it is a character. Like, it's interesting of like in horror films, and you know, to an extent, this is kind of largely viewed as like the proto slasher. Um, like, like that. Any women, like women having a sex out of a headlock is a death sentence. And like yeah. Mary Crane is kind of like the first person, the first like character to of like introduce that troop, that that trope. You know? Yeah, so. yeah. Which continues to this very day. Yeah. 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 So, huh? I didn't realize this is the same year as uh, as Peeping Tom, because right. like okay. Peeping Tom is the proto slasher. Okay. Yeah. 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 So and like, these are yeah, like, yeah, Marion Crane is, you know, I mean, and that was that was also the reason behind casting Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween is just sort of like, like, you know, oh, Janet Lee is that scream icon, and then let's make her daughter be the uh, be the final girl in our up in our horror film. So, you know, it's sort of douchey from uh, John Carpenter, but I'm I'm with it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis it pretty much cast because her mom is Janet Lee, but she's also a good actress. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we got Jamie Lee Curtis. She rules. Yeah. Well, like, it, that's, a, that's something I really wanted to touch on with this is like, without this movie, as like a horror freak that I am. Without this movie, as much as I'm sort of like, yeah, uh-huh, okay, about a lot of it now, I fully recognize that without the existence of this movie, there is so much horror that would not exist now. Yeah. Well, I mean, in at the very at bare minimum, I feel like Psycho 2 kind of like convinced people that it's like, holy shit, we can make a bunch of these, these shitty horror films as franchises. You can make a <laughs> yeah. shitty sequel and still and make money, money off of it. Yeah, people yeah. will pay money to see a shitty sequel of something they sort of like. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, that wasn't Psycho 2 that made them realize that, though. They figured that out earlier. Psycho, Psycho 2 is like, what? Well, it's cashing in on that trend. Yeah. Yeah. It's, already, it's yeah. already, they're like, whoa, it's already. What else can we bring back? Yeah, what else Psycho? can we bring back? I don't, yeah. Is yeah. Perkins uh, still alive? Yeah, he hasn't done he hasn't worked since the original. Let's get yeah. fucking get him on board. Yeah. It's like any anything to be a cash grab. Um uh I'm gonna step away for a couple of minutes. Uh you gentlemen carry on. Okay. All right, um, we shall keep we're probably on carry on up soon, are we? Well, I mean, I'm I'm guessing we'll probably it, I mean, like, you know, we, we, we actually have on not actually... gotten that long into this episode as oh, I okay. thought we would have. Yeah, We're only I mean, about we... like fifty minutes in. All right, uh, yeah, okay. I, I mean, you know, I think that there's there's more. To say. I mean, and I think we barely kind of touched on the fact of like 
like the you know where this falls into terms of trans portrayal because i think that at, you know well i do think that this film tries to make a, an argument against making uh norm bates uh decide to this you know definitively e trans um i do think that there has been a public accept like public perception has sort of like i said that like this is what trans people are which is you know homicidal sociopaths with perverted tendencies mm-hmm. so like Which is and that's weird to me because like, yeah. well it's all sell, about representation like it's like if that's the though, only depiction yeah. then that's the problem like the yeah. main thing is if you see um jonathan demi had the response to silence of the lambs right after that came out and everyone yeah. was which I think is it, which I think Bill. is much more problematic in terms of its portrayal than this is. So yeah, yes. and I mean he made Philadelphia as kind of but, like an apology for that movie, you know. Yeah, uh, but like uh, or I'm, that I'm depiction, thinking, it's an amazing movie. Yeah, I think, still, I'm thinking like Sleepaway Camp. Not... Like yeah, Sleepaway well, Camp is like <laughs> bad portrayal of trans. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it, like totally. as like this this uh, thing to fear. Like, yeah. What was it like? Fucking was it just um, Joe's apartment that I was like talking about transvestite like this is less transgender and more transvestite with norman but like ultimately it's neither it's dissociative yeah. identity disorder mm-hmm. yeah but which like, i mean is a whole different can of worms in terms of how problematically that's portrayed but yeah you know, it, like, again, like I, but I do think that identity. this opened a door to problematic interpretations you know so and that's I, I would agree that, with you on that yeah I mean, it's sort of like... And it's just uh, like, again, if there's more representation, I think that bag. that can be... That, uh, I, if there is more representation, I think that that can be cancelled out. Instead, we're getting whatever the fuck J.K. Rowling's writing about, about you know, yeah. with her turfiness. So, the way out of it. Like, oh, I've, I've always said the same thing about, like, you know, you're not going to solve the the problem by making all the actors diverse without getting the directors to be diverse and the crew to be diverse you know it's like yeah hollywood's version was just like yeah it's like we just do the front part well i mean that's the thing corporations always just do it's it's very it's very interesting to be on the stories are still going to be by the same fucking yeah it's it's very interesting to be on film sets uh recently uh because it is just sort of like wow really diverse people in front of the camera behind the camera a lot of white people. Yeah. So. All oh white boy, yeah. Still all the, the way same, like down. sixty white people. Yeah. yeah. So um that's that's very much what seems to be happening these days. Um, I just think, you know, if when people want if that's if, if we want a solution to that, or you know, that's that's how it has to come. It has to like Yeah, well, I mean, and I think the big be... thing is you just need to the, and the other thing is is it's not just the people making the movies, it's the it's the gatekeepers to, in terms of distribution in terms of of people watching the movies um you know at some point we're going to watch your name and like the reason why it wasn't nominated for an academy award is because white people didn't watch it and the white people choose what's nominated so it's like you know that's that's why that was overlooked like i guess just because like like they kind of just watch the films that are spoon fed to them as like these are the awards contenders this year um and it's 
but if they have problematic if, system if we have so. a monopoly on everything you know yeah i mean it's just like but i you know i mean i think they're like i you know it's like five six hundred films that each year they're eligible for all the categories and it's just like is everyone gonna watch all five to six hundred of them especially when you know a good percentage of them are total crap mm. so like I, it definitely looks like things are getting better though like things are getting even better just like, it's just something like, like get yeah. out uh you know they didn't yeah. want to make get out like most of the studios passed on it you know just yeah. thought that that wouldn't be hit a hit right and now was, now you know i mean he didn't, like his next ones didn't hit as hard but they still yeah. did really well you know no and, and, and like, like he has a he has a fairly you know basically he will get greenlit for most of his films moving forward as yeah. long as they continue to produce i mean at this you know on the flip end of that and i feel like <laughs> as much as i love babylon uh david Ch- what's his chazelle what's his, how do you pronounce his last name like he basically killed his career with that movie so is he uh, white he's very white man right yeah i think so. <laughs> he's the whitest man ever uh, <laughs> he made la la land <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's why he got carte blanche for a little bit and yep. then he made babylon i still yep. gotta watch babylon guys I gotta oh, get, you gotta, gotta, gotta drunk, watch gotta it get it's drunk awful watch babylon, so babylon is amazing it is it is oh man i, it, I probably it, like it I, oh i love it i love it but i acknowledge oh that i love it but no it's one of those audience. movies like lamb that i cannot recommend to anybody yeah yeah it's it's like basically like i mean it's just sort of like like if uh, I, you know, films are supposed to evoke an emotion, and if confu- confusion is the emotion you're intending to invoke, which to an extent I think it is, and like disgust. Babylon does a really Don't forget good job. disgust. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing is that's why I love fucking like, the room is because it's just like <laughs> you're just so baffled by all the decision making that went into that film, and I feel similarly about Babylon. Just like who thought this was a good idea? That wasn't a good idea. You did it anyway, <laughs> but that wasn't a good idea. So yeah. Yeah. you know so and you know you know you're let know you are told this very early on the film that that shot of the elephant pooping just tells you everything you need to know yes so. like two minutes into the movie you know exactly what what movie you were in for yep and you're going to have to suffer another two hours, hours and 58 minutes of this movie <laughs> so they say that uh psycho it's the proto slasher right so what's yeah. what is the next big one that you know well no no the, the real this. proto slasher is peeping tom peeping tom right right but psycho you know but like then after that, that you don't really get influence. anything until i think it's black christmas in like black christmas 74 right. okay wow and then like black christmas is the one that gets a bunch of people being like oh gets the hey, ride going this is a thing and mm. then, like the next big one, I want to say is Friday Thirteenth. No, seventy eight with uh, Halloween because oh. I oh, think yeah, that yeah. the original Friday the Thirteenth is seventy nine. Or the Exorcist does that count? It's no, not a slasher. I wouldn't count it's not the a slasher. Not a, it's slasher. not a slasher. Yeah. Um, but the horror yeah. craze is kind of going on from that. Yeah. Point. No, the seventies had an explosion of horror, which I don't know. Maybe it had something to do with some LSD. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I like the there was a, you know, it, it's tricky because I mean, like, there's a definitely a progression of like, you know, zombie films exist, and obviously Jaws comes out in like '75. Um, you know, I mean, like, like the, there was always like a horror genre. It's just sort of like the specific, like, it's a sociopath stabbing people. Yeah, the like, slasher, right? Yeah. 
like no i just so, misspoke on, on yeah exorcist so. yeah i mean exorcist is good deep horror uh yeah. it definitely drew a bunch of people into the genre at the time but yeah definitely not not slasher I know this uh, I like psycho. I'm not sure if I would even call a slasher movie. I mean, it, it's nah. lumped in with like, there, but it, I agree. It's... I wouldn't quite call it a slasher, but, but the way the murder scene is done is like just, that. yeah, even that specifically is like a, mm-hmm. a, such a trope from that point on, like, or even right. just um, the stabbing sounds. Yeah. Because yeah. like it was this movie, I think was one of the first ones that ended up using a knife going into cassava melon nice. instead of a trowel into cement, which oh. is what they use for a long time. Interesting, but like yeah. a knife into cassava melon as like oh, it's so, that's it's your... so funny. <laughs> yeah, the the standardization of non-standard sounds is always funny. Like I think we talked on a different episode about how like I pointed out that like yes, silencers don't sound like that, but they do if you use really shitty sound recording equipment, which is why that sil- silencer sound has stuck because it's like, yeah. <laughs> like, like it was check out our John was... Wick episode. Yeah. Yes, you yes, mean it the. Was. Yeah, the that. like, yeah, that's that's like using like a nineteen thirties, nineteen forties microphone to record a silencer. Like, it right. is actually a silencer. It's just like really, really shitty sound recording equipment. <laughs> so, well, I just I, have to. I guess I'll just have to shoot people quietly with my shitty sound equipment instead of a gun. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and that was also like, you know, there are different things like the whole mid Atlantic accent just developed because it could be picked up well by shitty microphones. <laughs> so... Oh, that kind of nasally voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what are you talking about, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't mean, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Speak <laughs> up, would you? <laughs> yeah. 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 I can't that, hear that... bloody fingers there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that whole accent just developed because like microphones could pick it up. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, uh, good times today. Yep. Uh, uh, all right. What else do we have voice. to say about Psycho? I mean, you know, I mean, we touched on it. Like the depiction of mental illness in this is not good. I do not think yeah. we can make this film today because of that. I do think, to a weird extent, and I think like the whole like thinking he's his mother thing could potentially work. It's just kind of the conflation of mental illness with uh, violent tendencies is yeah. something that's just really, really well, difficult it, to do today. It's something that I, I don't just, really, uh, I don't really want to see that in any media these days, because that's essentially what yeah. like every politician yeah. is saying when it comes to any fucking shooting incident in our country is yeah. like, oh, well, it's not the guns, it's the mental illness. All right, then throw money towards like mental illness care. Yeah, and it's also just contributes to stigmatization yeah. of mental illness care. So it's like, ugh. And it's like, uh, uh, we, as, we... as we say on this show, we are three to four people with uh, unmedicated ADHD. We mm. are neurodivergent. We are part of you, and we do not appreciate these depictions. Yeah, I've already forgot what I was going to say because I'm neurodivergent. I've already gotten <laughs> distracted by a cat, so yeah. you know, woo, ADD. Oh, I was going to say we rag on the Gus Van Sant thing all the time, but in a lot of ways, it is actually a kind of good experiment to have because it teaches us a lot about like remakes and if, when, and if they're necessary. If you can add something to them. 
It's mm -hmm. like, I don't think this, I, I know you say it feels old hat, TJ, but I just don't, I don't, it's, it still looks and sounds great to me. I still like, obviously yeah. you're looking at it through the perspective of a long time ago, but it's I am one of looking the at movies you can the plug from this era of, where it like, still works, you know? You know? Yeah, no, no, it's still it's still largely years worse. later. Yeah, no, I yeah, mean, like that's the worse. thing is, is I think the Gus Van Sant thing it experiment is, way is better interesting in terms of of yeah. updating. Like, there's certain changes. But it doesn't really do anything makes. updating. Well, it's he, just update, in he color. updates the acting styles. Um, and then yeah. there are certain like I there like one of the things that really bothers me about the Gus Van Sant version because I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's really how the characters interpreted in the original version is that there's a clear indication that Vince Vaughn is like masturbating while he's watching in yeah. Marion Crane, and yeah. it's not in which this I thought version. was cool when I was younger, yeah. but now I don't. Yeah, now I think it's just like like that's not like I I feel like he would have that mental break before he went there. Like that's how like the characters portrayed. Um, and it's just like it's a choice, and it's just like kind of like I, I felt like Gus Van Sant put that in there because like at the time the way like it was really edgy that we see how like like Marion Crane walking around in her underwear and like we see a toilet flush we see her in a bathroom for god's sake like um and oh, like through the I, eyes of 1960 this 60, movie like, is wild yeah this was like wild, so um, wild. whereas like I, I feel like yeah that's there because Gus Van Sant like wants that same level of discomfort of like I, that I think that Hitchcock got out of some of these sequences mm -hmm. um like the notion of like voyeurism in like 1960 is like yikes um but you know i don't think that carries the same you know i mean it's still like the 90s were still fairly misogynist um but fairly <laughs> fairly um it's also just i i thought it was funny while i was watching this uh like when he talks about going to las vegas with the money um just like wow imagine if marion had pulled a empire records just like like Going to fucking Vegas, like <laughs> double her money, trying to quadruple her money, yep. and losing. Yep, and yep. then it's like, fuck, I gotta get to Fairhaven, Fairfield, <laughs> yeah. whatever Fair, it is. Yeah, Fairvale. Um, Fairvale. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it looks like, well, it's the South Park episode. Uh, I always love that. It's like, let's all put it on one number on roulette. It wins. It's just like, well, if we if we let it ride, we could win this much. And then they lose and they lose everything. <laughs> Like, yeah, that gag I thought was hilarious. But um, anyway, uh, anyway, yeah. David Lynch is another guy who I feel takes stuff from this. I I feel with his kind of the whole movie is just going to change into another movie right now. Um, he takes that as far as it can possibly oh, go, which absolutely. is in a kind of dream, in a dreamlike way, in a crazy abstract way. But it always reminds me because you, he, I think he said it as well, like Billy Wilder and Hitchcock or whatever, that kind of golden age stuff is oddly his, you know, that's what influences him as strange as his stuff is. But it's like you feel, you feel the DNA of something like this movie and the, the way things turn and uh change in unexpected ways and you're offset by what the what the movie yeah doing. i mean and that's the thing that but you can't uh, you experience know. the same way now because we know uh, every twist well everyone knows it about. but I, you know what's important about this movie is just how it shifts in terms of point of view 
and that it like it's a movie that like kind of defies you to like name a protagonist um because like it doesn't really you know because that was one of the things that like i i actually like x-men apocalypse and one of the main criticisms of x-men apocalypse is like there's no protagonist and it's like yeah there isn't it's kind of like a altman film but with x-men <laughs> that sounds rad i haven't seen <laughs> that one <laughs> so never thought about it that way but yeah no i <laughs> I would like, like the a, film I is, would like an Altman X Men. Like it's just it's a bunch of small, small like it's it's a bunch of small like short films spread out above. Like each character has their own kind of plot that kind of overlap, and most of them are bad, like Altman films. Um, but Fuck they all off. kind of like Fuck right <laughs> off, I love Dan. Nashville, but every character sorry, when you really dude. break them down are terrible. Please so it's like, stop. <laughs> you're embarrassing I, yourself i love nashville i just think that all the characters are kind of awful so. ultimate rules shut up <laughs> your face go watch the player and shortcuts immediately <laughs> and stop talking um but you know i mean that's the thing is like i just takes a lot of like risks in terms of breaking structure and formula that you know a lot of people are wary to do but you know if you know what you're doing you can make a successful film with it which you know mm-hmm. hitchcock clearly knows what he's doing um and gus van Sant he, does not. he, he <laughs> so. had a lot of confidence about this movie until he saw the edit of this movie and then he had no confidence in this movie it was like how can we salvage this into a fucking episode <laughs> Did they cut the shit out of this movie? Like, is it meant to be a two-hour movie that's cut down to ninety? Uh it's it's an hour forty nine. No, it, no it, it yeah. Oh, it's, sorry. Well, I would it's think an hour forty eight. An hour forty eight. Okay. Okay. Uh, but it's like an hour forty eight exact. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, like that okay. was as long as they could go without going fucking, to another reel. Fucking Netflix brings up its fucking things and ruins the last shot like an absolute prick. By the way, yep, yeah. As it always. Well, does. that's the, that's the thing because you as couldn't this movie wait has, one this, second more. Yeah, Netflix. this is this is from the fucking time before like end titles were standard. Standard like all the titles at it. the very beginning and the titles are fucking awesome. By the oh, way, so. Saul Bass, one of the yeah. great, the uh, great artists and graphic uh, design. The, the music was made before the titles. And then he made the title sequence to stab in with the music, right. which like works so well. It, it's very like uh, you know, oh, if you want to have good, bad, the ugly, Sergio Leone, and yeah. uh, fucking what's his name, Ennio Morricone, Ennio Morricone. The if you want to have a good time, look up Saul Bass on YouTube and just watch his shit for like a half an hour. You can watch all of his amazing credit sequences and visual stuff he did back in the day. It all rules. I highly recommend it. That's oh, my I, that's my YouTube recommendation. Saul Bass. Saul Bass. My Bass. my Shutter recommendation is Mad God. If you have Ooh. not watched it yet, you should. It's uh, Phil Tippett's um, stop motion animation horror epic. Watch it. I'm excited. No, I've been wanting. I've it's on. It's been on my backlog for a while. I I do really want to see it. Uh, but hey, we're off topic from uh, Psycho. Uh, I think we probably. Yeah, I don't think that. Like you know. This movie, this movie has been talked by every fucking yeah, yeah. every film school and every fucking like. I hope we said something new. 
I don't know. We did the newspaper thing, remember? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the newspaper. Nobody's ever talked about like the weight of the newspaper. That needs to be in the description and all the tags as well. I want everyone to know that this is (laughs) we talked about the newspaper. (laughs) First debate about the newspaper. It turns out undecided. Uh two V two. We're not really <laughs> we didn't come to a well, final it's not undecided. Uh, it's yeah. just uh it's just yeah, I mean it's there, there's there's me and Porig and then there's two people who are wrong. So yeah, 50% yeah. of people uh. like, people agree that you wouldn't notice that and 50% of people are dumb. Um no. Fair enough. Thanks. Fine. That was a really good backup, Emily. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh we're not wrong, TJ. It just, oh, I, I know we're not wrong. Because, it's not worth like, dignifying these idiots with like I, an I argument. Can kinda the see, I can kind of see where they come from because <gasps> you're just carrying a body. Sounds you're just like carrying a body and then you're carrying like a uh, fucking, you know, cash packed full of newspaper. Maybe. But the thickness. I'm sorry. The, the, it's all about the, the thickness. Just, it's also all about <laughs> the, 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 the 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 percentage yes. difference in weight. Like I guarantee you, it weighs like at least two to three times as much. You would. We would realize that. that. We would realize that. They would. We pay attention to things. Yeah. So that's what they're trying to say is they just don't pay attention. On that project, we're saying you're projecting onto the character (laughs) yourselves. Like you, you don't know. Yeah, you're right. He probably is kind of a dumbass. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. That's all I'm saying. All right. Um, verdicts. Let let let's knock this out so we can end this episode. Um. I'll go first. See it. I mean. Fucking obviously, like it's genuinely, a, it's a classic because it's a genuinely good movie. It's influential in so many ways. Like, yeah, and it's surprisingly effective given how old it is. See it. All right, you know I'm gonna fucking hop in now myself. But like, absolutely, it's a fucking see it. it, it it's a piece of horror history. Like, I. It, it's an unremakeable movie, which is so happy that Gus Van Sant didn't remake this goddamn movie because that'd be terrible, right? Uh, yeah. But like, it is a piece of horror history. Like, I honestly, I kind of wish that somebody would remake uh, Cabin of Dr. Caligari these days. I wonder how that would work. Has. Yeah, I am super surprised that no one actually has. But like, this is it's not a perfect film, but like it really works and it there's a reason why it's influenced so many other movies going beyond it uh is it a perfect film no is it worth watching absolutely yeah i mean i mean uh, i'll chime in with my verdict i mean it's obviously a see it i think emily kind of hit everything it's you know it's it's a still a suspenseful film um, and there's a reason why it's a classic. Um, I, you know, I think that the big chunk of exposition at the end is is clunky, Needless. and 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 there's a way of trimming that down significantly. It also, you know, is where the film gets 
some of its problematic baggage. I mean, it's there beyond that, but you know, oh, I think that that scene in particular really hammers some of that stuff home. But ultimately, this is an effective, suspenseful film that influenced a lot of things things moving forward and especially you know from a filmmaking standpoint and just from uh you know generating suspense in terms of taking risks in terms of your uh, of who your protagonist is and who the audience is watching uh, like I think this film really does everything pretty expertly so you know see it yeah just add on to everything else I agree with all that um the things I think that make it so timeless um and like all that influence stuff is great and it's a really well-made film, but like if we're just to pinpoint three things, those two lead performances are just, you can't take your eyes off them. They're like two of the best performances in a horror movie ever. Oh, and she's only there for yeah. half an hour, but, or whatever, uh, or 45 minutes. When does she leave the movie? 45 minutes? Half an hour? Yeah, no, like, like yeah. 34. Like, I mean, like, she, she is there for longer than I thought she was, but like, yeah. And she's like, she's in the birds as well. And she's great in that. But like, this is, I, I just think she's so fucking good in this uh, and Perkins as well. And then the music and then the sets. And with those three things, I like, I can't see yeah. how someone a hundred years from now 200 years from now wouldn't be able to look at it in its context from then and be like wow that's fucking cool you know or i'm i am engaged in what's happening i am like i'm i'm want to know what happens next if i don't somehow know you know it'll be fun for those people in 50 years who don't fucking know every beat of this movie and they see it for the first time right yeah yeah, yeah at some point there's gotta be someone who hasn't seen it like you know no, it's they're, happening they're... now like we're old, we're older you know gen yeah. z gen zers no no i mean well you still get, you get people who watch Psycho. the freaking titanic don't realize the boat sinks so you know whatever <laughs> <laughs> wait a second wait oh, a no, second the happening? boat sinks <laughs> <laughs> That is great. I would, Never love, mind. I would love to experience Titanic with someone who doesn't know that the boat's going to sink. Never mind. Everything is fucked. We're just a mistake as a species. Just bomb it all. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a good note to end on. Yeah, basically. Um, we're a mistake as a species. Just fucking those bomb who, it all. Those who do not learn history are doomed to sink the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like it. Um, Pork, I know you have nothing to um, tell people unless you've got a SoundCloud. You got a SoundCloud? Uh, yeah. No, no, no. All right. Yeah. Dan, I got some, when I have thing. something to announce, I'll say it. Yeah, no, All you right, can cool. check. I have, I have a webcomic. You can check it out uh, with Phoenix.com. Um, yeah, and that's my thing. Cool. Emily, pitch our other thing. TJ and I have another podcast. It's called New England Beer Reviews. We talk about beer and other pop culture, and we're like, inconsistent as hell these days but super you get what you pay for what you pay us is <laughs> nothing aside from my dad and he doesn't even listen so yeah uh. we, we I, get am around... pa- I am now a patreon of this podcast as well by the way i'm oh. the first i'm the first patreon <laughs> well. so i'm gonna be expecting some fucking content guys honestly <laughs> the page is pretty blank uh you know sort, sort your shit out Oh, Lord. Well, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, um, seriously. <laughs> just kidding. Well, we, we've we been, uh, we've been Cedar Screw It. Um, apparently, if you're a patron, uh, you, you could be on the show. Actually, I'm, I'm totally down with that idea. Like, you're a patron? Like, fuck right. 
Yeah, until we get too big, and then we resend that. So yeah, <laughs> that's resend. really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Like, if they have to write like write an essay on the thing they want to talk about, that's like a page long, so that you know that they're not a complete mouth breathing idiot. Uh, well, they. I mean, we're mouth breathing idiots, so yeah. you know. They, I mean, worse than just feed it into an AI and like pretty much just make sure that it's on, um, you know, something streaming. That's like our one rule. Like, then we'll have you on too. Just so, waiting for your name to hit something streaming in the U.S. Or oh three iron. <laughs> I saw your name in the cinema. It's a good picture. Yeah, good picture. Good picture. I JJ Abrams got to really need it. to see it. Oh God, is he fucking doing He's a doing live, live action? action remake? Yep. JJ oh, Abrams is attached to oh, no the way. live action uh, remake. Uh, yeah. Yikes! Yikes! Well, they, they, they've lost two. They lost two, two directors. But yeah, so. On that fucking uh, bombshell. I mean, we look. I, can, I, can I just say though, like I right. really don't like Abrams. Like he's been, you know, Rise of Skywalker, I li- I like, Rise of Skywalker I like... and Into Darkness are two of the worst like franchisee sequels I've ever seen. But, I like Into Darkness. But, wrap this um, shit up because I have to go to the bathroom. Super Eight. Super like Eight super has eight. kids in it, and the kids got really good performances. So it maybe JJ Abrams has that kind of Spielberg. Uh, like, all right, Super Eight is his Emily's going. All right, bye-bye. bye bye. Uh, we're, we're we're going by. Uh, we're we've going been see it or screw it. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, fucking Patreon and fucking Letterbox S I O S I. That's where you can find us most of the places. Um. Apparently, our fucking final word was fuck Abrams. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. <laughs> I used to right. like him. Whatever. We'll talk yeah. about it some other time. Yeah. <laughs> we got to have a pre-show and post-show. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.